you may ask, how did this tradition get started? I'll tell you. I don't know. But it's a tradition. And because of our traditions, every one of us knows who he is and what God expects him to do. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk Torah. I am Rabbi T. Jacobson with NRM Streamcast, and we'll spend our time talking to our learning stuff and having fun while we learn. You can always send your questions and comments to our mailbag at letstalktorah at gmail.com, and of course, I will answer as many as I can. Um, I haven't been checking the news too much, so I'm not sure if the elections are over yet. I've heard some rumors, but nothing substantiated. But I did check my email, and I have good news. I could retire. Listen to this. Somebody, Todd James, from the U.S. Army is in Syria, and he has $11.5 million he's trying to get out of Syria, and he said, if I help him, he will give me 40% of that money. So I, the possibility exists I could retire soon. Um, anything is possible. But in case um, it doesn't pan out well, um, then I can just stick around here and keep us all entertained. In any case, this week's Torah portion um, is, is the focus for many organizations now about Jewish burial. We are in the Torah portion of Chai Sara. Um, Sarah um, has died, and now Abraham has to bury her. It's a lot of interesting details and things happening and the nuances of what's going on. Firstly, um, they lived, interesting, um, we have what they call father and son's learning. So Saturday night, the boys come with their fathers, different uh, synagogues do it, it's beautiful. The kids come, they, they study for 45 minutes, right? Because it's, a, you know, Saturday night, nothing's happening. So why just hang around at home when you have a good opportunity to study with your kids? It's beautiful. The kids might get uh, a bag of potato chips or, or what they call nashkis, and sometimes they'll get pizza, and there's raffles, and the kids are excited about it. It's really, really a fun time. So a student walks over to me with his father, Last week, and he says, you know, it's a little confusing here. Um, it says Abraham came from Beersheba, or Beersheba to bury Sarah in Hebron. Right? Hebron, like, but what is Sarah doing in Hebron? She doesn't belong there. She should have been where they lived. So there are a few different answers. But um, for, for our purposes, one of the answers is that she knew that her life was not going to go on much longer. And she very much wanted to be buried in the land of Israel, or what would be the future land of Israel, and where they were, that was in the area of the Philistines, was not going to be the land of Israel in the future. So she goes to Hebron, um, and probably she knew, because Abraham knew, that the cave of Machpelah, the Ma'aris of Machpelah, where the patriarchs, matriarchs are all buried, she knew that's where she wanted to be buried, and there's an interesting old custom, it does not seem to apply nowadays, but there's an interesting old custom that women were never moved very far when it was time to be buried. It seemed it was not appropriate. Specifically, women should be buried as close to where they pass away as possible. 
So she's going to be in that Beersheba place. She ain't going to be brought all the way to Hebron. Similar, by the way, um, Rachel, right? Rachel also is buried on the side of the road. She does not travel. When we get there, we'll talk about why buried on the side of the road. That's, uh, that's not this week's Torah portion. So first, let's just get into the basic overall story, and then let's, uh, let's dive in. So Abraham comes back. Sarah has died, and he needs to bury her. So it says he eulogizes her, and her coffin is there. And he says to the children of Ches, he says, I need a burial spot for Sarah. Otherwise, we're just going to leave her out here. Like, I have nowhere. I'm a guest by you. Uh, Can you help me out? So they said, Abraham, you are such an important person to us. You pick the location. The location is yours. So Abraham says, okay, thank you very much. I need to speak to this guy, Ephron. Ephron had just that day been appointed as an officer, as a governor, so that when Abraham would need to speak to him, he'd be talking to an important person. And Abraham says to Ephron, he says, uh, I need the cave of Machpelah. That's what I want. Abraham knew that this cave already had that Adam and Eve, Adam and Chava, were already buried there. He's not letting on to Ephron that why he wants that cave. He, that's the place he wants. If he's going to let on that Adam and Chava, Adam and Eve are buried there, <laughs> this becomes a tourist location number one. Abraham will never be able to get it. So he tells Ephron he wants it. And again, you have to understand, there's a whole crowd out here. They've all come to honor Abraham, to honor his wife. And uh, so Ephron magnanimously announces to everyone, Abraham, you can have the field and the cave. It's all yours, present. How could I not help out uh, my dear friend Abraham? Okay, so Abraham gets the picture. They go up to a side room, and there Ephron says, okay, you want to pay for it? Abraham said he wants to pay. So Ephron says, what's 400 silver coins between me and you? Now, I'm not sure if my son has the math right, but he tells me last night, supposedly, that that, that silver should be worth $30,000, except $30,000 a couple thousand years ago, right? So if you want to do the math, how, how uh, things multiply, uh, however you do the math, they do say nowadays it was many millions of dollars. Abraham doesn't complain, which, by the way, teaches us the concept that it is well worth paying money to be buried in a good location. Um, but Ephron, um, he's a bad guy. Because he had a right to ask for money. It's his property. He doesn't have to give away his property for nothing. He's allowed to give it away for a fair price. He chooses to gouge um, Abraham, and therefore, whenever we talk about him, we refer to him as a man who says a lot. In Hebrew, he's an emar harbe. He says a lot. He didn't even do a little bit. He uh, took advantage of the situation. And therefore, we talk about him in this negative way. Not only that, there's a letter missing from his name in the Torah just to symbolize that he's not really a good guy. Okay, so um, let's get into a lot of burial stuff. You know, the concept of Jewish burial is, is historically and even today is a very, very important concept in Jewish law. 
and we're going to try to talk about a, you know, different facets of it just to give us a feeling. People have to understand that the body has to be respected. It is important to respect the body, um, even after there's no soul there anymore. We have to understand why it's important to respect the body, especially if there's no soul there anymore. It's going to anyways disintegrate. Like, what's the big deal? We want to understand why cremation, on one hand, is no good. And we should really understand why embalming, right, mummifying, is also no good. So, first of all, as far as the Torah goes, we should just open our eyes and recognize um, this is the first time the Torah mentions burial. It's the first time. But it is not the last time. We have burial where we make a big deal here with Abraham. We're going to make a big deal about burial even with Rachel. We're going to talk Isaac, a little bit is mentioned. Jacob, very big deal. When we get to that Torah portion where Jacob is buried, he, uh, he makes a big deal with Joseph, and Joseph has to swear to him that he will bury him in the land of Israel. So burial, therefore, is a big deal. We make a big deal when Moses is buried. We make a big deal when Joshua is buried. So the Torah keeps over and over getting to the point, mentioning the point how important it is, this concept of being buried. So here's something interesting to think about. The Talmud brings this down. Historically, people were buried. The Talmud says, how do you know people were buried? How do you know? So you could take this any way you want. It could sound a little gruesome. But he says, we never find anywhere in history that butchers were selling human meat. No such thing. You never heard. There's always people dying. Right? So how come they didn't sell? They sold all kinds of meat. Right? Why didn't you sell uh, a human body? So it must be that the world always understood. Right? It's something to think about. It must be the world understood that there's a reason to bury a person. Because if there was no reason to bury a person, how come we never find people... Uh, I guess I understand there's some, some African, who knows what, but, uh, cannibals. I get that part. I understand that out there in the world, there are people that are cannibals. I get it. But besides those couple tribes that are cannibals, but the rest of the world always understood we would never eat human meat. Why? Why not? If there's no value to the body, if the body doesn't represent anything... Why do we think we have to bury the body? It takes up a lot of space. takes a lot of effort. could cost a lot of money. Like, why? So right, right there you do see, before you say anything, that the concept of people being buried is an ancient concept. Why is it important? It's important because by burying the body we show, we recognize that the body played an important role. And as a body is a human being is a combination of a physical body with a, with a spiritual soul. We are a combination. A body alone has no value. The soul by itself can't do any good deeds. They need to be fused together, right? We talked about in the, we didn't talk about it, but uh, in, the, in the first Torah portion of Beratius, God blows the soul into the body. The, the, without the connection, the soul has no way to earn good deeds and earn its way into the world to come. It needs a physical body to do things, and 
and our whole life we're, we're living to nourish the soul. We nourish the soul through good deeds, through Torah study, through, through mitzvos. That's how we nourish the soul. That's how the soul gets its credit. But we're, we're a combination. We are not, we are not just a, a body. Right? A body without a soul is really nothing. At best, it's an animal, if that's what it would be. Right? But even our power to speak, by the way, is, is spiritual. So first things first, we have to recognize that there's a body and a soul. So it's interesting. Um, the, the old, we'll call them pagans, um, they believed, and I didn't understand this concept fully, but just to give us an idea, they believed that the body was the main thing. That the soul sort of would travel from body to body, um, whatever that means. Um, so the body was very important. Mummies, pyramids, right, back in Egypt. That's one side of the spectrum. On the other side of the spectrum, you have people who say there's no such thing as a soul. The body is it. When it's all over, it's done. There's nothing left. So they will cremate the body. So cremating the body is showing the only thing that was here was this human being that was alive. Once the human being is alive, his body has zero value. Which, again, you got to wonder, so why don't they make a, a meat market? But okay, fine. So they don't make a meat market. But the human body is the only thing that has value. So... Once it's gone, it's gone. Might as well burn it. Takes up less space, cleaner, healthier. But the, the Jewish people and hopefully others in the world recognize that there is a soul. If you believe there's a soul, then you must honor the body because it was this combination of body and soul. And by the body now dying and the soul moving on, that in itself shows you that there's a soul. We respect the clothing of the soul. Now, it doesn't mean you respect your own clothing that you're wearing. I understand. You're finished with your clothing and throw it out. But this clothing that the soul had is important to the soul, by the way. When the soul separates from the body, all it can connect to is that physical body. So it hangs out by the body till the body is buried. So you can only imagine the pain and suffering a soul will feel and will go through if if the body is not treated with respect. That's why there's Jewish burial. We care very much, as we've talked in the past, there's organizations that will help people that cannot afford to have a Jewish burial. They will help with the burial because it's a very important concept. A dozen times I told you my story already. That I'd gone to my mechanic and he was in a bad mood and I asked him why because his friend was uh, had died, was in a morgue in Florida, and they said, if you don't get your friend out of here in a week, he was the only guy who signed on, if you don't get your friend out of here in a week, um, we're just going to cremate him. And my friend knew, wasn't, he's not religious, he knew that cremation is wrong, but he said, I can't afford twelve, thirteen thousand dollars $13,000 to bury this guy, which I do. So I connected him with the right people, and in the end, the body was brought up to Detroit. He had to pay to get the body up to Detroit, I don't know, $800, whatever it cost. And then they completely took care of the funeral. There was actually a full-fledged funeral. There was a rabbi that was there. I was not the rabbi. He was buried. There was a quorum of men, and he was very touched. He understood it was important. In New York, there's organizations. This is their big fundraising week, I believe, because this is the Torah portion where they want people to know and talk about and, and over and over how terrible the concept of cremation is. It sounds nice because healthy and it's cheaper and 
can look at the ashes on the on the mantelpiece, I guess, if you want to, or you can spread the ash in the ocean. I'm not sure what value that has exactly. Um, but we need to make sure people understand that cremation is really a horrible thing. And and we need to make sure we take care of the body. That's why, by the way, um, we are anti-autopsies. Because, again, when you're doing an autopsy, you're, 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 you're cutting up the body. You are not respecting the human body. I understand there's things to be learned from it. I get that. But you have to understand, on the other side, you're also mutilating this body. That There was once a soul, and, and we got to recognize that the soul connects to the body, and, and to do anything to the body that shows a lack of respect is a lack of respect. That's what we need to recognize. Uh, by the way, um, it goes further. There's a story told um, somewhere in Europe. There was a guy who um, he, he used to lend money with interest even to other Jews, which is uh, against the law. He was not a, he, and he was very not charitable. He was just not a charitable person. So um, the, the, the burial society... Um, was called in because, like, like, and all people do this. They call in the burial society before they pass away, and he, this very wealthy man who uh, was not uh, such a fine fellow, when he called in the burial society, they told him they said it's going to cost you fifty thousand, whatever the coinage was, um, to be buried. And he said that's crazy. I'm not paying a penny. He says and you're not getting buried. He dies. The family. Approaches the Barisati and say, "What's with our father?" So it's going to cost you fifty thousand ruble. Says, "What are you crazy? It's usually fifty ruble. What's what's this fifty thousand? So it was a politically connected family. So the family went to the government, to, to the governor, to whatever they had, and they said, "These guys are gouging us. You got to talk to them." So the governor calls in the rabbi. Says, "Rabbi, what gives? Come on, it's fifty ruble to bury somebody, or five hundred ruble to bury somebody. What's this fifty thousand business?" So the rabbi said, brilliant. He said, you know, um, we believe in reincarnation, that when, when God is ready, he's going to reincarnate, the body will be rebuilt from, uh, from the bones, and the soul will come back in, and the body will be alive and come out of the ground. That means that most Jews that are going to be reincarnated are at best renting property. And since we don't know when the, um, when the reincarnation is going to take place, we have no idea what's going to take place, so uh, it could be a very short um, rental. It could be long, right? People have been buried thousands of years. But, but when they're renting the burial spot, no one can tell you how long they're renting it for. Except, the rabbi said, for those people who take interest, who basically are bankers. They are not being reincarnated. So for them, the burial spot is permanent. For a permanent burial spot, it costs a lot more money. The governor smiled, and he agreed. Okay, but that's really just a, uh, a, a, a side story. But uh, we, let's take a few other lessons we learned from here that, again, are interesting to just think about. Um, it is important where a person is buried. The concept of a husband and wife being buried next to each other um, is important. Why? Because we know Abraham is buried next to Sarah and Isaac next to Rebecca. We know when Jacob meets Rachel for the first time, so he sees with a prophecy he will not be buried with her. That's really the only time we, we find Jacob crying. 
Right? Yes, he can't be consoled when when Joseph uh, is uh, sent down to Egypt. But otherwise, finding Jacob crying with all his suffering, with his brother and with his father-in-law and uh, with Dina, or, or with all his suffering, we only find Jacob really crying when he realizes he will not be buried with Rachel. So you see right there the concept of a of placement, of where people are buried. That in itself is really very important. Um, just one more quick thing that I have a, a very interesting story I'd like to try to finish off with. Um, and that is that, the again, the name of the people that Abraham was dealing with were the B'nai Ches. And he's going to, if we if you go through the Torah portion carefully, there's a lot of details which we learn from how land purchase is taken care of. But if you look even, if you think about the story, he's very clear, Abraham, that this is a family burial plot. This is not just for his wife. Because if, if he wasn't going to be clear that it was a family burial plot, he was going to use it, then his zoning would run out. So there's a lot of laws again about. But what's interesting is um, the name of, this, of these people were the B'nai Ches, the children of Ches. Do you know it's written ten times that he was dealing with the children of Ches in just a few short verses? Ten times? They have to have the name repeated? So they say because it was repeated ten times, that magic number ten tells you that, that taking care of burying somebody properly, the number magic number ten, is equivalent to keeping the Ten Commandments. For all those out there that are Ten Commandment people, this gives you a feeling the importance of burying people. Okay, so with my few minutes left, here's a, a very beautiful burial story. So there's a man, an older man, survived the Holocaust. And he was in Jerusalem. He was not a religious man, was for the most part a bitter man. And he's, uh, he's out on a park bench and uh, some rabbi comes by and he meets him and he asks him how he is and he says, I'm bitter and, you know, I don't do religious stuff. And he says, come on, you can come to synagogue. No, I'm not interested in going to synagogue. And it seems he sees him a few days later sitting on the park bench eating a sandwich. Forget if it was a kosher sandwich, but it was, the, it was Yom Kippur. So this rabbi sits next to him and says, you know, it's Yom Kippur. He says, I don't care. I'm angry at God. God took away my son. My son was all I had, and we were in the Holocaust, and I spent so many years during the Holocaust trying to take care of my son, and, and the Nazis took my son and killed my son. I'm mad at God. I'm mad at God. What should I do? So the guy says, did you ever make a Kelmali? Did you ever, right? That's to remember the dead. No, I told you I'm angry at God. Come on. It's Yom Kippur. Now is the time, by the way. People want to go in. And they'll go ahead and they'll say, uh, they'll say, Kamali, why don't you just do it? Come on, one time, it can't hurt you. So he brings him into a nearby synagogue. And he says he wants to make a Kamali. He wants to remember his son who passed away. Please make the Kamali. So the, the Gabai is, so okay, he says all the words. Okay, what's your son's name? And what's your name? So he says the son's name. And he says his name. And the Gabai is staring at him. He says, could you say that again? He says his name and his father's name. He says, you're my father. And the father looks at him and says, you're my son? How could that be? And you can imagine the emotion of that Yom Kippur. 
and they talk and they meet and they're going to continue to meet. Anyways, the old man has to go back to South America where he's actually married with children, with a son. And he changed his will, a very wealthy man with many millions of dollars. And um, he actually soon passes away. So the son now in Jerusalem gets a call. Your father passed away. He goes down to South America, South Africa, I'm sorry, to uh, get involved in the burial. And he meets his, his non-Jewish um, half-brother. And the brother, half-brother says, uh, okay, we're cremating him next week. He says, no way we're cremating. This is my father. And the guy says, you think you just come in and, and meet us all of a sudden and, and try to get him buried? Make a long story short, he gave millions of dollars back to his half-brother he never met before just for the merit of taking his father back to be buried. Just an amazing thought story. The music is playing. I hope you enjoyed it short and sweet. You know, I can't do it without my wonderful sponsors and listeners. Thank you to the wonderful production team. We have David and Kelsey in the back. I hope I've left some food for thought. Until next time, I am Rabbi Tweet Jacobson. You've been listening to Let's Talk Torah and NM Streamcast. And until next time, don't forget to think about it. We can build every room.